0: yo welcome back to the return to play podcast i'm your host grande steve i got with me my boy rashawn what's up what Rashawn? up what's up what's up and then i also have my friend danny here and he has a little interesting story that we're gonna save for later i do it's been a crazy week it's been a rough week for danny in his face but I was at the Panthers-Ravens joint practice today in beautiful Spartanburg, South Carolina, and I have uh, fell upon some big news here that you might have seen on our Twitter, which was Mark Andrews collapsed during practice and needed EMS attention. So what happened was this was right in front of my face because the practice field closest to the uh, public was the Ravens offense versus the Panthers defense. And for one note, Lamar Jackson looked like absolute ass today. He was absolutely terrible. He threw at least two picks, maybe three and another drop pick. It just couldn't get anything going today. He looked, he looked horrific. So I'm not worried about him though. And big story here, Mark Andrews. It was about halfway through practice, he was looking fine, he was catching balls, running routes, blocking, and then he came off of the field after running a seam route during team pass segment, and we had a trainer come over to him, talk to him, he kind of just hung out for a minute, and then they they got him a Gatorade, probably put a salt packet in there, maybe a glucose packet if his blood sugar was out of whack because he is a type 1 diabetic. And he was just kind of standing there by himself after he finished his Gatorade for probably another 10 minutes or so. Then field goal segment came up and he was talking to a coach, kind of bending over trying to stretch his legs and stuff. Didn't look didn't didn't look uh lively at all. He was definitely a statue standing there and then another 5 10 minutes later while they were back into team pass or just a team team segment he was getting he was talking to the trainer he took his pads off at that point the trainer laid him down and tried to stretch his hip brought his leg over to stretch his hip and stretched you know maybe his hamstrings too I wasn't too worried yet and then the first video I took on Twitter was him kind of getting up from that stretch and uh, limping off, as you will, and he looked like he had cramps. Just, just one a cramp in one hamstring, nothing to worry about. And so they're having him walk like thirty five yards just to get to the back of the end zone, though. And then it would have been another. They probably would have just wanted him to walk all the way back to the to the practice uh, building. But then finally he got to about the five yard line, maybe the end zone line. And he collapsed. So, once that collapse happened, and I saw them coming over, you know, he's motioning for, you know, just a golf cart to come take him and bring him back up, and they start getting the golf cart ready. And it looked like it still just was cramps, But now it looked like bilateral cramps, meaning in both legs. So at that point, they just laid him down. They brought a canopy over to give him shade, and they were doing oh. They were doing a full heat, heat syncope. Uh, Well, it might not have been syncope. He did collapse, though. So they were definitely treating him for heat illness. And they were doing this by first just putting ice on his chest and rubbing ice on his, his body, having him lay down, get more fluids in. And then eventually the EMS came over and put an IV in him. And they did put him in the gurney and sat him upright. He seemed responsive in that position because the EMS, I believe, was trying to communicate with him or talking with him, and he looked like he was responding. And I and I, and I left when they were kind of putting him in the ambulance on that gurney. Now, there was a report from a Ravens Beat reporter that said he was not uh, transported to the hospital and just treated on site. I don't know the validity of that. I'd have to assume. He wouldn't be lying about such a thing. So I'll just ask you, Sean, after hearing all of that process, do you have any comments, concerns? What would you have done differently? What happened?
1: Yeah, like the whole thing was just just crazy. First, where, where are the dunk tanks? Did you see any dunk tanks over there? Like, zero. Oh, zero dunk and it tanks.
0: And it was a 90-degree day in Spartanburg with a little bit of humidity. I'm not sure what the humidity was
1: yeah so you got a player who's not used to that type of uh that type of heat granted Baltimore Maryland is kind of kind of warm but not not Carolina warm you know what I mean so I just and then second why why make him walk over to the uh training facility just have him cart over like I wouldn't have him would you have a walk over you got a player going into the cramping full body cramping what it seems would you have him walk over
0: No, and it was a high of 91 today with 92% humidity. Oh, yeah. You got somebody with a pre-existing condition, been a diabetic. Clearly, he's having trouble.
1: He got him walking over. I would not have had him walk over. And I hope they sent him. Like, if I'm calling a squad, I'm going to send him. Like, they're getting sent to the hospital. Do some blood work. Check the kidney functions and stuff like that. Like, especially with his pre-existing condition. Granted, I don't think the diabetes played a huge factor in it i think it was pure dehydration and just heat illness but there's always that chance the reason i say i don't think it played a factor is because like he's a professional athlete he's and he's type one so he's had it his whole life so he knows how to control it and how to manage it he knows how he feels he knows what to do before practice and after practice so i don't think i don't think the diabetes played a huge role in it i just think it was pure dehydration and heat illness like you said you got any what you think steve
0: Well, you bring up a good point about uh, transporting him because one, the hospital is right across the street from Wofford College, where we were at. And two, with diabetes, you are already at a higher risk for kidney failure or kidney issues. So we know that all that, everything else he had to process with that heat that the kidneys are overheating, obviously, if he collapsed, that means your organs are probably a little too hot already. So that puts a lot of stress on the kidney and a pancreas, all all of his organs, which are yeah, extra and we, important with diabetes.
1: Yeah. And when you go into heat on this, the main thing we worry about is rhabdo. And so you got a pre-diabetic, oh, not pre-diabetic, I'm sorry, you got a diabetic already who already probably has some kidney issues. And now you're worried about Rabdo because of the heat illness. Like why not just take him? Like what's what can go what's the worst you can do by sending somebody by squad? Like he'll get he'll get even more care. Like is there such thing as too much care? Like draw labs
0: and do blood work. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. This is the NFL, it's not JUCO where you have to worry about your medical budget, like just send them to get just send him to get some labs done.
1: Yeah, I would just get the I would just get the labs done. Just better safe than sorry. You got a, a multi million dollar athlete, an investment to the team. Like just at that point, it's just better safe than sorry. Like I would be overly cautious, especially with his history of having diabetes and stuff. I'll be overly cautious. I would have just sent him.
0: Well, like, it seems ahead. the Ravens are, and I got a lot of Ravens uh, love and support on Twitter today through through tweeting these things. Uh, I respectfully shout out the Ravens fans. A respectful rivalry between us Steelers fans and, and you. But so the the Ravens seem to have made three critical mistakes in our opinion. One, you should have brought the golf cart over to Mark Andrews, even if he's only cramping in one leg. That's that's your tight. That's your franchise tight end. Uh, you're making walk fifty yards to get into the locker room, minimal. Maybe they even tried to want him to walk all the way into the practice facility. Two, they should have just taken him to the hospital because mostly of his comorbidities. And three, they paid Lamar Jackson an absurd amount of money to throw lame ducks and 17 picks in practice today. We'll see what he does tomorrow. I I think they play their game Saturday, the two teams there. Uh, so I maybe take the under two cause all the wide receivers on the Ravens are hurt. I will say the Ravens run game, they were blowing holes through the, through the Panthers ones. Uh, they were the, the Ravens offensive line run game looked really good. Their, their pass blocking was, was okay. Uh, but Lamar couldn't really even be accurate within the, in the pocket. So that's that's everything from my, my day at <laughs> Panthers training camp. So we're going to get into Danny's, Danny's story here, and then after that we're going to break down the NFL injury news of the week, including the Bears offensive line mess. We're going to talk about the topics of what injuries to avoid in your draft and redraft, what injuries to avoid for daily fantasy, and then we're going to get into some uh, gambling picks so let's get right into it danny what's up man yeah so we got a lot of love from
2: the ravens flock on twitter today which was bittersweet but like steve said i'll keep it respectful so back to my story uh flag football kind of got the best of me which i guess is a little bit i think it's more dangerous than real football out there running around with with no gear on i've ended up with more injuries doing that than uh playing real football my whole life but uh yeah ended up in the emergency room friday night uh bleeding all over the waiting room so i was uh i i thought i was about to get a pick six tried to jump a route uh, guy was running receiver was running across i was coming across the other way and we just got there at the exact same time smacked the fuck out of my head on his head and uh, thought i was dead for a couple seconds uh I, I was pretty sure, I was definitely concussed, pretty sure my face was broken at first, which I'm fortunate that it was not, but I uh, ended up pretty much just split open my whole eyebrow. Couldn't see, mostly I think just because my eye was filled with blood. Ended up in the ER, uh, sat my ass there for three hours, and then eventually they stitched me up, sent me on my way. So had a swollen black eye all week with stitches on my face. Which is fun to go to work and explain the same story 400 times. But other than that, we're doing good. Everything, I mean, every, my vision's good now. Stitches came out yesterday, so...
0: Good. Glad to hear you don't, aren't brain damaged a, a, any further than you already are. And that your eye is not completely fucked. <clears throat> so... Yeah, you think you should start wearing helmets in uh, flag football? Helmets and shoulder pads? Uh, maybe, maybe,
2: maybe the you know those little cushiony helmets that they put on on top of their their real helmet like during training camps and stuff. Maybe I—I I mean, when I was laying on the ground there for a couple seconds, I was like, it did run through my head. Okay, I'm retired, but I actually went back out and played Sunday. Just wrapped my face up with some gauze, taped it down, and. Played some no, more, man. so
0: you're hitting 30 soon. You got to cut out the flag of football. There it was playoffs, though, baby. Just win, <laughs> baby, win. But we we lost, so
2: <laughs>
0: but, but we tried. Having fun is all that matters. So, speaking of just trying your best, the Bears. As we get into our NFL injury news segment. The Bears' offensive line is in shambles. They thought that that was going to be one of their strong pieces of their team this year. Turns out left tackle Tevin Jenkins has missed basically all of camp, dealing with a back issue, and now he does need back surgery. His timetable for return is still up in the air. It's kind of unclear, I believe, four weeks, though. So Rashawn was telling me that that probably means he did have – a small fracture in there, but I think since he was trying to play through a back injury, I think it was probably a compressed disc. Because He tried to spend like two weeks kind of just rehabbing. So that's not their only problem. The left guard has been out the last two weeks with a quad strain. He's missed half the camp. And they have a 39-year-old replacement for him that they, they picked up uh Pro Bowler. Peters is his last name. I'm not sure sure who he is. But so you got an old older lineman now. You've got newer linemen coming in now this week to replace these guys. There there's also a couple other linemen that are kind of like in and out with injuries. So it doesn't look good for the Bears offensive line to start the season, especially because that those positions, those five definitely rely on their communication tempo and rhythm together so that could mean trouble for for your bears offensive draft picks and betting for the first couple weeks at least in in our opinion akeem hicks also for the bears is hiding behind a phantom foot injury doesn't seem to be an actual injury he walked out to practice this morning and left as soon as he got outside uh, probably to like avoid a fine because he's looking. There's rumors he's looking for a contract extension, and there were rumors earlier in the year that he was going to be traded. So he's obviously the, the Bears aren't talking about it. Akeem Hicks isn't talking about it as far as the an injury or his contract. So definitely seems like he's not actually injured. It's more of a contract situation, which some of these guys do pull through camp here to to make their point. And finally, in our NFL injury news, I'll have Danny talk about Carl Lawson. Yeah, so the the football gods
2: keep hating on the New York Jets for the past decade, so their big marquee signing, Carl Lawson. Three years, $45 million, one Achilles tendon. Um, so he's done for the year, which is a big blow to the Jets, but I think too many people were drafting the Jets' defense anyways, but definitely a uh, looks like it's another rebuilding year for the Jets.
0: Yeah, so... We're gonna try a new segment out here called Heating Pad or Ice Pack. The purpose of this segment is we're gonna list some guys who are dealing with some injuries, who may play, who are looking like in that doubtful, questionable range. Heating pad means you should take a chance on them, put them in your starting lineup, put take them in your DFS lineup. Ice pack is obviously sit them on the bench or play them in your seasonal leagues, like only if you absolutely have to. Or they might not be playing at all that week. So we got we got just a few guys to, to test this segment out here. I'm going to go around. I'm going to say a name, and then all three of us are going to say heating pad or ice pack and give a comment if we wish. So first off, Julio Jones, he hasn't really been practicing much in camp so far, which he's on a new team, new quarterback, new offensive scheme. Hasn't been playing much with – a lower extremity injury heating pad or ice pack for julio this season who who by the way is usually going in the the second or third round i believe danny we'll start with you i'm a heating pad for julio
2: i I wouldn't reach for him but yeah if he falls to you and maybe that third round range i'm still big on julio um the production's still there when he's playing i think a lot of the Games he sat out last year was mostly because the Falcons were so bad and weren't playing for anything. So I think by playing for a contender, that'll that will lead him to play more often, even if he isn't a hundred percent. And like I said, he's he's still productive when when he's playing.
0: Yep. Next, up. Uh, oh, Sean, my bad. What uh, you got? Any opinion on Julio? Uh, I'm gonna go heat and pad. Like Danny was saying, if it, if he's in the later rounds,
1: definitely heating pad. I think he's a production to still be there, so that's my pick.
0: Yeah, I think he's going in. He's actually going in around the third and fourth round, so he he's people's number two wide receivers on their team. I don't think that's a bad choice. I think, I think he's not going to explode though. I think he's going to just be a piece of that offense. And Mike Vrabel's going to spread the ball around, especially with Derrick Henry running the ball. Feed, feed the dog. Next up, Chase Claypool uh, rolled his ankle in practice. They said it's nothing serious, but he did need help off the field. Heating pad or ice pack for Claypool this year. I'm going to go heating pad. I, this He's supposedly going to be ready to go for week one. If not, definitely, I think week two, but an ankle is definitely not something you want to happen in preseason when you're ramping up to go full go. Danny. I'm ice pack on Claypool, kind of ice pack on that whole Steelers
2: receiving core. I mean, obviously the top three are good flex options, but I I wouldn't, I wouldn't really, they're they're all the way the touches are distributed. You never know which receiver is going to get the targets that week. Claypool was pretty touchdown dependent last year. Um, you know, he had those couple games where he blew up, and then after that, he he was missing in action for a lot of the games. So, I'm um, ice pack on Claypool, especially if he's not a hundred percent.
1: Shot? Uh, I'll go heating pad on Claypool. It's just an ankle ankle right now. Um, unless unless we find out it's a high ankle sprain, I'll go heating pad. If we find out if it's a high ankle sprain, then I'll go ice pack for sure.
0: I think it was a minor high high ankle sprain, probably a grade uh, one.
1: Yeah, in that case, um, I still go heating pad for now. But if we find out something different, or if we get more details, I'll go ice pack. If you get anything else,
0: I think Chase Claypool will very much be touchdown dependent for his fantasy value this year, as he kind of was last year. Uh, I think Deontay Johnson is going to get the most targets in that offense but again they're gonna spread the ball around and they're gonna look to actually run the ball this year because they don't have randy fucking finkner fucking everything up with his big gut <laughs> and and so lastly james connor arizona cardinal just got back to practice three days ago uh, th- to me i think this is like the first time he's actually practicing with the team so he's only getting about 2 weeks at camp with this new team i read reports where they might be put in, they might do a formation a two back formation with him and chase edmonds maybe that means connor's going to be more of a blocking back another article here says that Cliff Kingsbury considers him to be a good pass-catching back so far, especially for 230 pounds. So that's kind of a big deal with half PPR leagues if they're going to use him as kind of like a flare route, a dump-off route guy, and Chase Edmonds is going to be running the ball more. Who knows? I'm going to go ice pack on James Conner. He's already got a split carries. He's injury-prone, and he has that issue of yeah, he'll catch the ball but sporadically and just because he's catching it in camp well doesn't mean he's gonna catch it on Sunday well. I'm I've been first witness to that. Danny. This one depends on on
2: where you're getting. He's he in a lot of drafts I've seen, he's dropping very low. So for that I'm I'm a big heating pad on Connor. I think if he's your flex or maybe your third running back. Um I think his biggest issue in Pittsburgh was ever since Le'Veon Bell left, they wanted him to be the Bell cow, and he just didn't have the, his body didn't have the durability to do that. And you saw it with the consistent injuries and inconsistencies. But when he was healthy, he was always putting up numbers. Um, he is a threat in the receiving game, like you were saying. So I think that by being in a split backfield, that will keep him fresh and keep his numbers more consistent. Um, And I think if he stays healthy, he stays productive in that offense. So I think if he's your flex guy or, you know, obviously he's not a couple of years ago, he was going in the first round of fantasy drafts. That's, that's in the past. But if you, if you get James Conner late as a, as a utility guy,
0: I'm, I'm a big heating pad there. Yeah. I think if he can get you 30 yards a game with, three catches for another 30 yards. That's nine points right there. So I think he's capable of doing that. And I agree with you that uh, I'm not going to change my ice pack position, but I-, I do think as a late round guy, if you already have a couple strong running backs on your roster, he'd be a great uh, third running back addition. Sean, you got anything for James Connor? Yeah, I'm going to go
1: ice pack two weeks, learn a new system. And you're injury prone. I just don't see it. I don't see him being too productive. So I'm going to go ice back for him.
0: So our topic today, our main topic today is what injuries to avoid in your redraft or dynasty drafts, your seasonal long drafts. If you're going down your draft board, you're, you're circling guys you really like. Maybe they have an, a history of injuries or an injury within the last year. We're going to talk about which ones you should maybe second second guess uh, putting on your squad. So Rashawn, give us your list of injuries to avoid for seasonal drafts.
1: So I'll start off with uh, injuries to avoid. Would we'll do any Achilles injuries, tears, ruptures within a year, uh, as well as ACL injuries within a year. Like Joe Burrow is a good example of that. I'll, be, I'll stay, probably stay away from him. Uh, I'll also stay away from any neck surgeries. And any uh, back surgeries. I'll probably stay away from them as well.
0: So Achilles, ACLs, back and neck surgeries. Definitely if they've had any of those the prior season, avoid those. If Because a lot of this research shows that it does take a full 12 months to recover from Achilles and an ACL. So, Rashawn, what about something like an MCL, which is another common tear in the knee. An MCL, um,
1: that's fine as long as you don't take him within like the next five weeks of him sustaining the injury. MCL heals pretty, pretty quickly, but the production it will lack within those weeks. Another one is an AC sprain. The AC sprains they take about, uh, I'll say about four or five weeks to fully heal. So the production to go down with those as well.
0: And what uh, is an AC sprain for the people? So you have your,
1: your clavicle and your scapula come together and form a joint on the top of your shoulder. That's your AC joint, and there's a ligament in between that joint. And so you usually see it in defensive players or receivers. They can take a hit directly on the top of the shoulder. Uh, they can tear that ligament or sprain that ligament. And so that's probably the most painful thing you'll have. The problem is it heals so slowly and it's so painful. That's why I say your production will drop. If that makes sense,
0: yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if you're you're on the fence for some guys, maybe just do a little bit of research. What injuries have they had? Do they have a history of repeated injuries as well, which is something we tend to avoid if if a guy's been hurt you know three years out of his seven year career but he's a dog uh, you know i, I kind of tend to fade away because his likelihood of re-injury is is pretty great
2: um One we didn't touch on that that i tend to avoid or at least that makes them lose value in my drafts is anyone with a history of hamstring injuries where they're consistently missing time for a hamstring, Um Gallaudet is my biggest example of that. He played, I think, five games last year, so and and he's already had the hamstring issue it, it, issue this off season. So I'm not taking Galladay unless he falls to me.
0: I do have a a bit of Galladay in in the late rounds in best ball. What about Saquon Barkley who tore his ACL? in week two of last season, so he will be coming up on that one-year mark right as the season gets going. Yeah, I uh, I do have Saquon in the keeper league, and it,
2: it pains me. I am I mean, he can be 40 years old. I'll probably still keep him because he's my guy. But he I, – I, I mean, it's his first major injury. I know he had the ankle the year before, but this is his first surgery. Uh, and obviously, he's a freak – and the production's always there. Uh, I just hope, I mean, the, the injury was in September, so it will be almost a full year for him. If they hold him out for, you know, the first couple of weeks or so, he's off, he's off the pup list, so I think he will play week one. But if, uh, if he does miss a he's week. Definitely gonna yeah, if, he's if definitely he going to play. He's definitely going to play, if he misses a week or two, I don't think it it kills his fantasy value. If he if he falls to you late in the first round or or second second round for sure, I'd sweep him up. But late in the first round, if he falls, I I'd still grab Saquon. Um, I wouldn't reach on him, but yeah, late first round, second round, definitely. And if he if he gets hurt again this year, then I'd probably start to
0: write him off. And then, of course, there's the number one overall guy, in Fantasy Christian McCaffrey, coming back from 13 missed games from high ankle sprain and quad ailments, and we know he's a bit of a smaller guy. Now, every time I've been in a best ball draft with the 1-1 pick, I've taken Christian McCaffrey because, one, I just moved down here and, and, and kind of taken the Panthers on as my second team, but, two, he is a freak. I think he's kind of a freak in that AP sense. So I think he's an exception to the rule where he can come back and, and dominate after a year a year layoff with that injury. But we will see how it goes for Christian. So I think that was a, that was a pretty good info. That was a good segment. So we're going to keep giving you guys information like this as it pertains to your DFS throughout the year. And we're going to dive more into specific injuries to players once the year gets rolling. The preseason here, we're just kind of giving you guys some overall things to think about, some themes to think about for your drafts. So I think that covers it for all of our NFL injury news. Now we can get into a little bit of the uh, gambling and... Uh, funner stuff here so off the bat continuing my tight end guru picks here for right now it's, it's underdog fantasy for best ball but even for your season long uh, Dawson Knox is going in, undrafted in almost every draft as tight end you could pick him up for free in the 18th round and the uh, McDermott and the Bills are planning on increasing his targets and his workload, and he trained all off season with with Josh Allen for a bit and with some specialists to work on his pass catching. It's and and McDermott has said that that has improved in camp this year. He looks a lot better in camp this year than than last year. So I think if if he improved his skills, he is going to be a more complete tight end not just going to be used for blocking i think he's a steal in the last round for tight ends so we also have the soccer draw of the week union berlin uh drew last week guys i'm one and one on that and i also gave out the saints ravens under as well for preseason but all those unders were hitting so I'm also going to take the Ravens-Panthers under. I don't I don't even know what it is. I think it was like 35 or 37 and a half. I think the Ravens are just going to run the ball Saturday. Granted, they are doing it really well in practice today, but I think they're going to run the ball and drain the clock, and the Panthers are probably going to be passing the ball a little bit more, but, but still running it. So, yeah, unders were 14-2 and two last week in the preseason, so – Probably will bounce back now that the starters are playing more, but this is also now the first time starters are seeing the field for the first half, so I don't know how productive their offenses are going to be. I also noticed the totals have gone up about five points for all the games this week from last week, so they're kind of begging you to take the unders this week, so I would definitely steer clear of of just like blindly taking the unders this week because they all hit last week. But the one I will take again is, is the I'll just roll with the Ravens just because I know they're going to be running the football a lot, and their defense is pretty lights out. So, uh, Danny, do you have any soccer draws of the week you'd like, Premier League or otherwise?
2: Yeah, we got Arsenal and Chelsea Premier League action on Sunday. Uh, my guy Pulisic looked good. Uh, But those are two good teams, pretty evenly matched. That's a a locked soccer draw of the week.
0: I like it. Soccer draw of the week. Chelsea at Arsenal, I think. They do it backwards. Yeah, it's at Arsenal. I don't know who's at home. The Gunners. Also, I put in a couple early week one bets that I think the line is either going to move or – or it's just the it's a number I like right now and the two the two games are Packers minus 3 at the Saints in the afternoon game 4:30 game Packers Aaron Rodgers they're going to be Aaron Rodgers going to be ready to play Saints they are still kind of figuring out their offensive identity they have a lot of injuries on defense as well right now and <clears throat> including that secondary where Aaron Rodgers can definitely do some damage if if they don't have guys locked in in their secondary. So, Packers minus three, and then Rams minus seven versus the Bears. Uh, I know you shouldn't take road favorites in week one, but again, the Bears, we have a banged-up offensive line, an offensive line we talked about earlier in the show that is going to be behind in communication and flow. They have to face Aaron Darnold who's the best defensive lineman in the league, according to the league, even though it's actually T.J. Watt. But a defensive player of the year they're going up against in the Rams, and Sean McVay and Matt Stafford are going to be ready to ready to play football. I don't know if Matt Nagy is as ready as Sean McVay is for week one. So Rams minus seven, Packers minus three. Those are my early week one picks to get in now. Danny, do you have an early week one pick as well? Yeah, I got one. The uh, Obviously, week one
2: is pretty scary. You never really know what's going to happen. But one that I really like is the Giants at home plus one against the Broncos. Uh, both these teams sucked last year, but I don't know why the Broncos would be favored on the road. They're both decimated by injury, obviously, but I think the Giants are getting a lot more back. I think Daniel Jones takes a big step forward in year three now that he's not throw into a bunch of JV players. Uh you know, he's got Galladay, especially if Saquon plays, I think the Giants are going to be a, a lot better than the Broncos this year. So I like the Giants at home to at least cover.
0: I like that. Well, it's one yeah, point. Well, so. I, yeah, yeah. Make a draw. <laughs> they, that could <laughs> be <our laughs> another draw <League>. Lock <laughs> Broncos Giants week 1 tie. I, I like that one though. And I I I might put I I think that line will move too, especially if Saquon is announced to be playing. I think you're not going to get them as an underdog at all. You'll be paying juice then on the Giants. So I do really like that pick. So, all right, I think we gave gave a lot of good info today. We will see you all next Friday. We're going to do weekly episodes here. Maybe we're going to do a gambling preview episode. I don't know if I told anyone else on this podcast that we're doing that, but we're going to do a gambling preview episode for the season talking, you know, rookies of the year, players of the year, divisional leader winners, a uh, shorter episode for that. So that's going to be Look out for that. And we'll see you all next Friday. Have a good weekend. Have fun drafting and football's getting closer.